2: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes
0: everything.
3: Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com,
0: for their fast reshipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Hankook Dynapro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension. Just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. Go to
3: TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be.
4: When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. This is Straight Outta Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
5: I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Wednesday. Miami Heat, they blow out Philadelphia. It's an easy one. Now Game 5 victory, but still in Game 6. Philadelphia at home is favored, favored in that game. Phoenix, easy one over the Mavs, though the Mavs had it close near halftime. Now, who's going to be the favorite in game six? Will tell you. I'm gonna tease you on that one. Another one going tonight, though, the Celtics. They've been upgraded big time, even though they have an absence, as we just heard from the news update, and they are now a five and a half point favorite over the world champion Milwaukee Bucks. Here comes a four out of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. Winner, winner, this is straight out of Vegas. With the voice of
4: Vegas, your host, RJ Bell.
5: Pay that man his money. are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge.
4: Live from the Vegas Strip, the pregame show America has always wanted. And now, here's R.J. Bell.
5: You heard it, I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Wednesday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. You know, this is one of those days, it's so, so clear that when we said zigzag, a lot of you heard it for the first time probably on this show. Zigzag, what's he talking about? And man, have we seen it. When you think about Philadelphia and it was like game three domination, game four nice clean win, game five crushed. Right. So home team wins, home team wins, home team wins, wins, wins. Five straight in that matchup. And it, it just seems crazy that two teams can be professionals. Two teams can be two of the eight best teams left in the NBA playoffs. And one game, Philadelphia win, is at home. They got the motivation. They win easy. Next game, 35 points. It's like, not even competitive. And I got to tell you, following the NBA all of this time, it's <sighs> – I got to say, it, 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 it it's counterintuitive. You just keep thinking, oh, it's 0-2. That team doesn't have a chance. And Dallas wins and wins. And then it's easy or seemingly easy. So that has to be the number one takeaway is you can't overreact to any one game and you can't forget. The the zigzag. Now, let's define the zigzag. NBA playoffs, when one team wins the next game, that team can be a little lackadaisical. They can be a little, yeah, we got this. Don't worry. Also, those teams that win, they don't change very much. Right? You don't broke. If it's not broke, don't fix it, is the saying. so? They usually don't make a lot of adjustments. Now, what did the other team? They say, man, we can't lose two in a row. If we do, we're really in trouble. So the motivation goes up. Coaches working overtime, thinking about adjustments, thinking about maybe we can do this. It's time for a counter move. And it really is something. Now, unfortunately, the zigzag is built into the line. But... Uh, 20 years ago, you could be playing on the zigzag and get a lot of value. Now, though, you see it where the zigzag is built into the numbers. And we'll see that as we look at the game uh, six in both cases, what the line is in the, the, with the game now at the, uh, the losing team down three to two. All right, so let's start. Let's start with the. Um, I think I'm going to start with the Miami here. And the thing that really surprised me about this game was Harden. Now we, you know, there was a sense of oh, Harden's gonna, you know, maybe have another big game. We said there's a hundred million dollars at stake. Not only didn't he have a big game scoring wise, he had three free throw attempts the entire game. Now remember when Harden went over to Philadelphia the sense was oh they're going to be at the foul line all day because Embiid gets a lot of free throws Harden does and well three free throw attempts so not going to the, the hoop and really not taking a ton of shots. It was like the game was getting away from him and Harden let it get away. It was like, ah, this isn't really my – it's not my business. It's like a fight breaks out, but it's not your friend, so you kind of walk away. It's like Harden really didn't feel like the the, uh, the playoffs were at stake to some degree. You know, obviously, every loss hurts, especially your third one. And also, Harden – it was very lackadaisical. But amazingly, and, and I think this is a real negative – 37 minutes he played. So, it's like if you have a game you get beat very easily, you're an older player, the the turnaround and obviously Harden shown his age at this point in this year specifically, 37 minutes in a game you didn't have a chance to win late. I don't get it. And remember, next game they got to travel back to Philly. Both teams, obviously, and the game's Thursday. So it's a travel day with only one day off. And I think Embiid looked tired. Remember, Embiid came back, game three, game four, game five, one day off in between each of them, and he only had three free throws, Embiid. So Harden three, Embiid three, this t- it was almost like a scheduled loss. They talk about that in uh, the regular season. You hear all the time. Oh, don't worry about that. That was a back-to-back in Denver. You know, at altitude, scheduled loss. They call it. Well, this one felt like the team was very. There wasn't much fight, and and that happens a lot when a team's down 0-2 and they win and they win. You end up getting the double zigzag, right? And Miami needed it. And Philly was like, "Well, we did our part." Well, we saw it obviously. Now Miami, I'm not sure how much we learned from this. Uh, the scoring was spread around. No one. Butler had a good game, but no one dominated points-wise. It wasn't any 30 points or th- more. And it was uh, of the fourth quarter. They emptied the bench and put up 38 points in the fourth quarter. Miami did. So this is a deep team. Now, is it deep enough in a competitive game? That's the question because they've got injuries. Let's look at the line. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Let's look at the line for the next game because it tells you a lot. Philadelphia is favored, and it's two and a half. Home court is three in the NBA playoffs. And Miami was a three-point favorite in game five. This game we're recapping. So it was a situation where the market considered these to be even teams. Home court's three. Miami was three. Now the game before, game four, the game before, it was a a two-and-a-half-point line Philadelphia favorite. So they were saying, ah, Miami's just a little bit better, right? Because it should be three. It's two and a half. But then after Philly dominated game four, it dropped to three in Miami. So it's like, these are even teams now, even teams. Now, back to Philly, it's two and a half. So now it's Miami's a little better. That's the margins we're talking about in these playoffs, right? Entering game four, Philly's a half point behind, Game five, they're even. Now Philly's back to a half point behind. But since they're home, they're still favored. We are straight out of Vegas. Now let's take a quick... And I I gotta tell you, I'm not gonna make this an official play, but I actually like Philly a good bit in this game of two and a half. Because I do think... Even though Harden played 37 minutes and B played only 33, I think he was tired. And remember, when you're blown out in a game, you might put minutes in, but the intensity of those minutes isn't as strong as you might think or as it is in a real competitive game. And that's both physically, but even more so mentally. You know, in the NFL, that happens a lot where there's a team who. In the NFL, you'll see a game where a team gets up by 17, then it ends up being 10, and they just have control of the game. And at no point is there that that knots in the stomach. They're playing hard, but there's not that intense, intense pressure. Now, other times, it's going back and forth, lead changes. And yeah, the physical toll might be about the same, but mentally, it is so tiring. And to me, as much as you don't want to get blown out, if you do get blown out, and you know Philly only had a lead, like I think it was eight minutes left in the first quarter, the last lead they had. So literally 95% of this game, Miami had it under control, the whole second half. I think that's an advantage for Philadelphia because I think they were tired. And this game was so easy in a way that they got beat so badly. I don't think fatigue is as big as an issue. Thursday, I do like, and I won't make it official yet Philly minus two and a half, joined by AJ Hoffman. AJ, what's your gut? Did it feel like to you that Philadelphia was, it seemed like they let it happen to them and they didn't resist all that hard?
3: It felt like they were disengaged. It felt like they weren't playing with any real fire, or like uh, it didn't feel like they were needing to win that game for whatever reason, because obviously it's a 2 2, it feels like a pivotal game. They just never felt like it was a must win for them.
5: And it's, I mean, it's the zigzag. I mean, if you really think about it, it's the... It's a powerful thing. (laughs) It is, because everyone who has a normal job or even a job like ours, it's not quite normal, but, you know, we're not making millions and millions of dollars every couple games. (laughs) That'd be nice, but we're not, is we think to ourselves, man, if I was making Harden's money, if I was making Embiid's money, I'd play hard every game. It would go to 11 on the speaker Spinal tap style every game, but we've seen it. It, it Michael Jordan. Remember Jordan was up three zero against Seattle, lost two straight against Gary Payton and those guys in camp. I mean Payton's still talking about it, but you know <laughs> winning those two games. But well, you know the George Carl didn't let him guard Michael, that, or they would have had that series. get that personally. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Michael does. But here's the thing, is it's a given fact that no one can keep the intensity it takes at the highest level in the NBA playoffs every game. And thus, as much as it's counterintuitive to think, oh, Philly, you you said something in pre-production, they lost momentum. Well, AJ, that's the definition of what happens in the playoffs. No one keeps momentum because the other team fights so hard not to keep losing. Now, that does change if it gets to be 3-0. Right, oftentimes you do have now in the in the finals maybe not, but oftentimes you see a team kind of give up uh, a little bit when it's three zero. So, what's your gut first instinct with Philly still being favored by two and a half in game six?
3: It's it's probably it sounds about right to me. Uh, I, I I was thinking it was going to be one one and a half, especially
5: after. Well, you the, just overreact. The... You just want to overreact so badly. I guess I
3: do, man. but I mean, they lost by twenty five. It just it was such but, a blowout game or thirty five points. It felt like, you know, they, they were do- so. It doesn't
5: p- matter. Could you imagine watching a game on Wednesday in February and a team wins by twenty five and like I've upgraded them two and a half points. It's absurd, right? You're, I mean, right. You're what's, right. What's different? It's that we're focused on it, like we're not in February. And no, that,
3: that's a great point.
5: And the teams are, are – are I think the games in the playoffs mean more. Obviously, they mean more to advance in the you know, in the series and all that. But it means more is in the intensities there, even though there is a zigzag, the general level of play is more intense. So, yeah, it tells you maybe as much as two games of the regular season, maybe even three. But that's it. And so think, even if you're up 3-0, it's like, let's say it's nine games worth of games. That's still like less than one eighth of the season. It, it really is. And especially, well, I think with Philly, you might make the case it can mean more because Harden wasn't there the whole year. But obviously they've had great games and they've had bad games. Closing thoughts
3: yeah and maybe you you make a good point when I when you convince me that the zigzag I just talk about what a powerful thing it is and I say oh it should have been maybe one and a half points maybe you're right maybe I'm underestimating the power of that zigzag as well and the desperation of Philly in this game
5: and the power well it's an elimination game and the power of the fact that it's not like Philly really gets reevaluated that i mean if you were really going to reevaluate teams wouldn't you make the case that you can't have Miami as an upgrade over Philly because two of their three wins came without Embiid. So if you've That's got a good if, point, I mean, if you got like the second MVP, most likely, I don't think they announced that officially, right? Is second or third, right, with Giannis maybe, but I think Embiid will get second. When you get the second MVP, the team looks rudderless without him. Miami gets the two easy wins. Then when he comes back with a mask, hobbled, limited. But still, they're 2-1 against Miami. So the idea of, an you know, and that's why the fourth seed was all the way only plus three, which was a sign of even teams. Yeah. So so I think, if anything, you got to give the slightest upgrade to Philly across the series. Though, and, and I think part of that, too, is Lowry's hurt. You know, there are a lot of factors here. All right, so obviously, on uh, Thursday, we'll be recapping or previewing. But right now, I'll say, you know something? I'm going to make it official. Official best bet. Official best bet. Philadelphia minus two and a half. Let's lay it now in game six. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, A.J. has a scorching take. And I think, not a scorching take, an insightful take on this Phoenix-Dallas and I think he's exactly right, and you know I don't think that all that often. <laughs> Stay tuned.
3: <laughs> Deal with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're in battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, America's number one battery destination. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Straight out of Vegas!
3: And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're in battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution in America's number one battery destination.
5: Let me ask you a question, A.J. When Do you ever tr- think you're smarter than the dictionary? I do not. Sometimes I think I am. <laughs> it's like, I, I think there's certain words that aren't pronounced right, and I pronounce them the way I want and I don't really give a care. So I'll give you an example. You know, the guy that wants your job, apparently since I'm not firing you, he actually attacked me today. I just noticed on Twitter and he was saying something. It was hard to read. It was kind of broken English, but at one point he says that a true broadcast professional would know that it's pronounced lack, all right, lackadaisical, not laxadaisical. Now, I say laxadaisical because w- what does the word lax mean to you? Like, hey, they, they were you know lax with their preparation. Carefree. Yeah, it was like not buttoned up. So what does lackadaisical mean? Not buttoned up, right? It yeah. means relaxed. You know. So to me, it's laxadaisical. And I don't know when the rest of the world will come around to it, but but I think if, if if it was a true meritocracy, if, if it was just the the best pronunciation, the most logical pronunciation won, then I'm going to win this battle.
3: I'll be honest. I'm not smarter than the dictionary, but I do stand by you on that. I've never really understood why it's lackadaisical.
5: I
1: didn't this even know it was. This the cornerstone of historical... This is the cornerstone of historical linguistics. The bet—it's—it's it's Darwinian. The better word wins out in a thousand years.
5: <laughs> yes, and so when it comes to saying laxidazical, I will not be laxidazical. That is my. And yeah, I think if.
3: He- if you asked a thousand people, I think it'd be, it'd be 85 to 90% think that the way you're saying it is correct.
5: I was thinking you would say 85 to 90% wouldn't know what the word, how, <laughs> have never heard the word before. Is what well, I those guys
3: yeah. would just say, Yep, sounds good. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> okay, great day to join. Why? Because I'm actually agreeing with AJ pretty strongly here. We work we actually workshop this take. This is going to be good. It's a multifaceted, it's on that Phoenix. And you know what? Ask yourself when you're listening, just in the back of your mind, you're gonna ask yourself, is this anti-Phoenix? Is it because it's not obvious that it is, and then you see that it maybe it is. That but that <laughs> isn't what it's really about. It's called the subtext. I think that's how it's pronounced. The subtext is anti-Phoenix. So it is a great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio audience has doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much. We'll keep making the effort. And you can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas here in Vegas on the Strip. 69 degrees, 69. The neon is flowing.
3: All right, RJ. The Phoenix Suns hold the Mavericks to just 34 second half points, dominating game five, winning by 30, easily covering the six and a half points, 110 to 80 in Phoenix.
5: And I think your point about there was a point in this game it did not look good for Phoenix and it was in the hands of Dallas.
3: The Mavericks absolutely had the Suns on the ropes in the first half of that game last night. They jumped out to a 38-30 lead. So paint that picture. Under seven and a half minutes to go in the half, Dallas leads 38-30. to Remember, Dallas, six and a half point underdogs. So when a six and a half point dog is up eight midway through the second quarter, They're in full control of that game. They were dominating the game at that point.
5: Yeah, I mean, they're they're certainly exceeding expectations. But I think what's even more interesting is for the entire game, Phoenix being the number one seed, Phoenix being at home, it was saying they were supposed to outscore Dallas by six and a half points, you know, between six and seven. When you're up eight with, you know, halfway through the second quarter – You could make the case, okay, even if Phoenix was able to get that margin in, you know, the last sixty percent of the game that they were supposed to get for the whole game, so let's say seven points, they still don't come back. So all Phoenix or all Dallas had to do was not lose by more than they were expected to lose for the whole game. For the last what what would it be? Twenty four minutes plus seven, so you know, thirty minutes basically. 30, 31 minutes of the forty eight and you you're leading and you can close out at home, but it's obviously not what happened.
3: That is not what happened at all. Things fell apart for Dallas. They played well. They didn't play great for the rest of the first half. They they let Dallas get back into it. With a minute left to go in the first half, the Mavs trailed by one. But even then, you go into half, down by one on the road, Dallas probably had to feel really good about the way that game was played. From that point, one minute to go in the first half, on an eight-minute stretch, to five minutes in the third quarter, the Mavericks scored six points. They went from being down one to down 18, and at that point, the game was over. It was over.
5: Yeah, so what you're saying is if you go from a minute left in the half, and then the first seven minutes of the third quarter, eight combined minutes was that run. Okay. Six points. Yeah, <laughs> six total points for Dallas. Now, I think we know some of the reasons what happened, but I want to back up for a minute because let's not forget a lot of people might be saying eight points in an NBA game in the second quarter. That don't mean nothing. And to some degree, you're right that that's easily, you know, that's that's the kind of lead you can overcome. But think about what the message was, right? The message was we're going to split the first four games. Dallas is on a two-game winning streak. Chris Paul's had two horrible games, and you may or may not know this. He's thirty-seven years old. <laughs> I've heard recently. Yes. So he's all he's feeling it. I he had a bunch he fouled out, had more, you know, whatever, more thousand points. He's screaming at people in the stands with his, you know, with you know, obviously I don't know how that whole story went, but there was something with his family. So he was, you know, some would say overreacted. It was like, at that point, you could say, man, were we wrong about Phoenix? And Dallas could think, this is ours. We, c- we can play with these guys. Because it's one thing to be 2-2 and up on the road. It's another thing to have won the last two games and Chris Polder looks so bad. And from there, obviously a big disappointment uh, if you're a Dallas supporter I think AJ, I know what happened. I mean, one in the entire game, Dallas had nine assists. Now, what's an assist? What, why does it matter? It means that the pass is making the shot easier, effectively, right? If it's an assisted bucket, there was a pass that made the shot easier versus isolation or going one on one where no one's helping, right? It's you got to you know compete against whoever's guarding you and potentially others that's going to come double, whatever. Phoenix had 28 assists. Nine versus 28. That's monster. Also, and this is hard to believe. Second chance points, right? Dallas for the whole game had two. Two That's second crazy. chance points. So, like, literally, only they're not six
3: ge- offensive rebounds
5: the whole game. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. So I'm assuming five of them they didn't convert. So one possession the entire game they scored after the initial shot i mean think about that so if you're not assisting you're not rebounding all you're doing is shooting a bunch of three it's like a horse game except it's a game a basketball and to me luca's amazing and maybe that's all they can do with his dallas team i don't know but, man, I don't think you can win an NBA title like that. AJ?
3: No. Uh, and you, you've you used that word recently, heliocentric. And and they really are that. Jalen Brunson has been a nice complimentary piece to Luka. The other guys who had stepped up in games three and four where Dallas looked so good, Finney Smith and, and Dinwiddie they just didn't show up at all last night. Finney Smith, two of six from the field. Dinwiddie, zero for three, uh, Reggie Bullock, O for five from the field, 35 minutes, zero points. They, no one else besides those two guys, Don uh, Luca and, and Brunson played even average basketball. They all fell apart. So sure. I, I don't think Luca can carry this team against the best team in the league. That was the best team in the league by far all season long. I just don't think he can do it.
5: And just to be clear, I am not a user of heliocentric, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you introduced it to the B. but, but, but I've never Ryan, heard of it before. Right, yeah. Ryan Russillo at the Ringer was using it, and apparently it means I'm not I'm actually not familiar with that word. Is apparently it means to you know uh, singular emphasis on one player or like really just in plain English. There's one there's one guy who's carrying like way way too much load. Right. Heliocentric that, means revolves around the sun is is its original use. Well, thank you, Mackenzie. That is uh, so. So in this case, Luke is the sun. Yes, that's that's the metaphor. Okay, I appreciate that, buddy. No, I mean, listen, Yale did right by you. A lot of helium in the sun. I guess that's where helio comes from. <laughs> is that right? Here's, m- huh? Go ahead, hey, Jay
3: here's what i what i my final takeaway from this dallas game is you cannot you're not going to have a better opportunity if you're dallas than you did in game 5 now game 6 you they dallas might win that game but in game 7 when they're back in phoenix I don't think you're going to have Phoenix on the ropes like that. I don't think you're going to have an eight-point lead you know, deep in the second quarter and, and have Chris Paul be playing poor basketball again and feel like you've got a chance to, to really take this thing. I think that opportunity presented itself. Dallas saw it and said, no thanks. And I, I don't think Phoenix gives them life again in this series.
5: I don't think they said no thanks. I think they looked into the sun and burnt their eyes. <laughs> and they couldn't, and it, and it was affecting their three pointers. Now you ponder that. Straight out of
4: Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
3: And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination.
5: Okay, so McKenzie actually... Had a pick that was contradicting, but I, I I liked that, my best bet, and I thought, oh, great, I can get some action. I said, you want to fade me? He goes, no, 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 no. I mean, I think it's I, a mistake. You think it's a mistake not to fade me? I think if he believes that this was his chance, like you,
3: I think you you he would have made the same thing proud I tell you by all. The same
5: thing I tell you all the time. You don't seem too froggy with it. <laughs> so, by right. the way, how you feeling right now? We got to check in with you. Is we've got a bet last longer, Phoenix? I've got you've got Golden State. Now, right now, three one for Golden State, three two for Phoenix. Uh, now, Phoenix is probably with home court going to be a pretty significant favorite over Golden State. My gut feeling is they're probably 160, 170. Do you like your side right now or not?
3: I I, I like it much more than I did last Friday. No, that, before that's not we the went question. The do you
5: like Do you like I, your side? Yes. Yeah, I still you, like my side. You think you have a better than fifty? You think there's a better than fifty percent chance that Golden State will advance further than Phoenix? I, I do. Whew, all right, but whenever but, I but say, I do
3: think that both both these series are over, so it's it does come down to Warriors sons.
5: So the number one seed now, w- can we agree that that there's been a real dis- that Clay Thompson looks uh, well? Why don't we preview this game first? Clay Thompson looks like he should be in like a rec league at this point. I mean, he, his mobility, and again, I, I feel bad for his injury. He's a, by all accounts, he's a great guy. He's not the guy he was, or even close. I mean, do you see that with your eyes?
3: I I see that he his shot has been pretty poor in this series specifically.
5: And I think he's his defense. I mean, the thing about Clay that was so great, and he was great under uh, underrated was his ability to defend. The You know, multiple positions, the best, you know, oftentimes, if it wasn't a center, the best offensive player on the other team and a dead eyed shooter, dead eyed shooter that fits so well with that team. I mean, it's like the uh, like the best three and D guy you could ever have that also was a character guy. Yes. And and now his defense is maybe slightly below average, it feels it's certainly not elite. I agree
3: it's not elite. I wouldn't. I won't say it's below average. I think it's below Clay Thompson's standards for sure, but I still don't think he's a below average defender.
1: Well, what do you guys think about his prop? It's 21 and a half. It hasn't gone down despite the fact he's gone over under four times in a row.
5: Did you? Was there interference? Did you hear something, AJ?
3: That was McKenzie asking about Clay Thompson's points prop, RJ. Yeah. So, anyway, do you like anything? So, what's the updated line in this game?
1: In, in, which, in which game? The I'm Warriors sorry. The Warriors is four wart.
5: points. They're four-point favorites. Um, We're straight out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell. Mackenzie, we're good for now, bud. Okay. What is the current line, A.J.? The Warriors are four-point favorites. <laughs> it's so funny. The guy... <laughs> I mean, I got to tell you, he keeps things interesting. He really does. because <laughs> It's like, literally, how many times has he come on mic without like being asked a question like once a month right
3: it is pretty rare but when you you typically when you ask odds you're asking him odds. no but i'm I'm talking
5: before that when he was talking about when he interjected with the over under clay thompson yeah Yeah. he does that like once a month and he's totally in the doghouse right now and he chose that to be the time to do (laughs) it i think he might be challenging me to see if i'm if i'm truly an authority figure what do you think
3: I can't imagine he would do that. I think McKenzie knows better than that. I
5: don't know. All right. So what's your
3: best bet? My best bet is Andrew Wiggins, over six and a half rebounds tonight, plus 100 on that prop. Since Golden State's gone to the death lineup, Wiggins has stepped up his role as a rebounder. Obviously, when you when you go with that small lineup, his size, he's the second biggest guy on the floor for them. He's averaging seven and a half per game in the series, three and a half offensive rebounds per game. And that's being drugged down by the game that they won by 30 when he was on the floor for less than 30 minutes. He only had three rebounds in that game. They're taking advantage of his athleticism edge when the Grizzlies try to match up with this lineup, which I think is even more difficult for the Grizzlies to do with Morant out. So I like Andrew Wiggins over six and a half rebounds. Plus one hundred is the, the the payout.
5: All right, interesting. We got to do. Uh, I got to do these quick now. So earlier I gave you a best bet on Philadelphia minus two and a half in Game Six. Yesterday I gave you when it was plus five and a half. Now it's down to five, Milwaukee against Boston. Now, so that's two best bets. Here comes, and I still like it at five, but, you know, should have bet it at five and a half. Now, here comes the third one. And I'm not sure, but is it Connington? Is that how you say the name, AJ? Or we'll let McKenzie jump in. Pat Connington. Connington. Yeah, there you go. Pat Connington. Pat Connington. And we're, we're going over, over nine and a half points. And I got to be honest with you, this is, he's with Milwaukee. This is a Bill Simmons special, and I listened to him closely with the Celtics. He made a great point. He said, Connington is from the Boston area, and when he plays in Boston, he just plays well. And we went back in in game uh, in game three or one and two of this series. He averaged like ten and a half points. He uh, he's shooting like seventy percent. And I think Giannis is tired, so the supporting cast is going to be shooting more. Over nine and a half points. Connington third best bat tonight's game for Milwaukee.
3: I actually love that pick. If you missed any of today's show, including a really rare occasion where RJ agreed with me on a take, you can check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. We're back tomorrow, 6 Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Straight out of Vegas!
4: If you dare.